Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up on this edition of the TV Black Box, casting news plenty from The Voice to Celebrity Apprentice. The real story behind Denise Drysdale's terrible fall while filming Holy Moly. And does it matter if Channel 9 paid Pauline Hanson's flights to Uluru? Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to a big edition of the TV Black Box podcast. I'm going to be warning you right off the top, Mrs. McKnight and I may have had a few tipsies before we started recording, so I'm just warning everyone. um, That means that anything could happen and my... Uh, I think the down. youth of That's today would like say. to jump in and say, you can say a few tilts, like you've had a, a few tilts, today. is a few drinks, <laughs> a few <laughs> tipsies made it sounds like you're Frank Spencer, no. a few little, oh, I don't want to be, hang oh. on, before, we don't even need to start the this, I don't want to be indiscreet, you. Ben, you are not the youth of today. <laughs> I'm 40, No, right. I'm creating a new thing, yeah. Ben, a few tipsies, oh that's going to be the new thing of 2020, a few tipsies. I'm Rob McKnight, you can find me at Rob underscore McKnight, Sarah. Monaghan is beaming all the way in from Florida. Yes, yes, it's 5 a.m. and I tuned into these guys talking about the meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Malk from Malk's TV Talk, or Steve Malk as he is on Twitter, is here. Hello, Malk. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. And I am a contributor quite happily to the meat sweats. Um, I, it, it's Everything is amazing tonight. I am not sure what is happening. Benjamin J. Norris is his name on Twitter. Ben, hello, how are you? I'm really well, but there was a lot of talking happening before and we didn't get to hear your Frank Spencer and I led you into it, so I really want to hear you say Mr. <laughs> you and Mrs. McKnight had a few whoopsies before this podcast. Anyway, as you like it. Oh, Betty, the cat did a whoopsie oh. on the pillow. No, that's not <laughs> it. I used to be able to do a much better one. Maybe <laughs> Frank can open the black vault. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, it's going to be loose. Thank you for having um, me. And... Tonight, we are joined once again by Aaron Ryan from TV Black Box. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I've taken Brookie's command, adding a bit of gravitas by not getting involved in any of that meat sweat talk at all. (laughs) Oh, that's no fun. Hey, look, let's get into the news. And Channel 10's I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here will look very different next year with the show confirmed to move to northern New South Wales. Despite internal haggling and some executives and talent trying to have the show filmed in South Africa, the final decision has been made to film the next season in northern New South Wales where the UK version is usually filmed. Adding to issues facing the production is the fact the show is now being recorded from the first week in November and will be edited along the lines of Channel 7's Big Brother for its January transmission. And that schedule conflict has resulted in several crew members from Big Brother jumping ship over to I'm a Celebrity. 
Ben, we were all concerned when Big Brother pre-recorded the entire series, but I've got to say, that turned out okay. So, will I'm a Celebrity suffer from a pre-record being filmed in Australia or will everything be fine? This is one of those times where you feel old because, like, we'll be saying to the generation after us that reality TV used to be filmed live and, you know, we were interacting yeah. with people <laughs> through their experiences. You know, this next generation, that's going to be stolen from them and you're going to miss out on a little bit of authenticity. I was actually having a conversation with Kieran Davis, Davidson today, and uh, as I do every day because the man can't stop calling me, and... Uh, <laughs> And, I, and it was interesting because when we were sort of crossing notes over something in particular, we realised that, you know, he saw the crew every day. You know, that, that they were producing that show, which really took something away from the whole magic of what that format was like. And so, look, as we move forward, yeah. I will say that from insider information that I know, you know, this is just a thing until we can get to the point where we can go back to some of these reality shows being live. It is strictly a coronavirus thing. So I'm a celebrity, I would say, is going to go back to South Africa because it's important to people like Dr. Chris Brown. He has relationships that he's built whilst working over there, which it's important to him. So I think there'll be people wanting that sh formats to go back to their original run. When I say that, I don't imagine Big Brother will. I think Big Brother's going to stay in that pre-recorded format. But then, you know, I'm a Celebrity will go back to being live. I think that if you're doing, like, the real world, you can pre-record it because that was, like, way back in the day and it was craziness and everyone lived yep. together. And it was kind of Big Brotherish, but it wasn't a competition. It was just a bunch of idiots. Uh, House from hell, yeah. right? That kind of thing. Or, you know, Jersey Shore, that type of thing. But I think for, you know, yeah. these competition shows where if someone is supposed to be getting voted out every week, it's very hard to let the public feel involved if you're not actually doing it live ish and that is yeah so i'm with you sarah and i think that's the major drawback for a pre-recorded mm. i'm a celebrity you know what we see when we do get it in uh, january you know kind of schedules is a largely pre-recorded show with elements of live interaction certainly the hosts are live at daylight saving time you get to torture whichever celebrity you want by making them do all of all the competitions of, but importantly that's, that's it. it you get to vote on who gets to jump off a cliff or who gets the pit of snakes and then you get to have the vote mm. around who gets to go a pre-recorded i'm a celebrity absolutely lands it very very deeply in uh 2020 big brother territory and for mine that was the major detraction i love big brother i love the format i did not like 2020 because it was a soul it was done the whole thing was solved i had no choice but to vote out of the final three and honestly i didn't care for any three of them like any of them so while i'm a celebrity gets a pass out of the pre-recorded thing because of the nature of the show and a quick turnaround anyway, uh, the fact that they're pre-recording the show almost entirely loses the interactive element and loses some of the yeah. luster that that brings to my summer view. Yeah, how are they going to choose who does the competitions or are they just going to make it even, Stephen, like everybody has to do one? We or... don't know that at this point. I can tell you that much right now. I don't mm. think anyone necessarily knows exactly how some of those mechanics are going to work. But what I will say is that there are a lot of people that work on that particular show that want to maintain the purest format as best they can they are doing this strictly because of covid so they will be shooting it and cutting it overnight 
they will not be stylized editing like they did for Big Brother. So they're well. That's an interesting thing, Ben, because they're changing the rules as we speak. You know that we know they're still casting. We know that last week they were going to shoot it um, fast, so they would shoot a couple of couple of episodes per day. But since the TV black box report came out, they've actually changed again, and they're going to be shooting it in the twenty four hour period, as though it was. But live. it's still not. Long. You know, like, like we don't get to vote on anything though. No, no, we, we don't. don't. But, you know, there's some things that you won't be – like, Malk, as much as what uh, we love and you love, and I reckon that you absolutely are bang on the money with that show, I'm a Celebrity comes on at the end of our summer or, you know, the summer break, and it's a great family-friendly show. There's nothing nasty about it. It's great viewing and it's interactive. We feel like yep. we are get to be a part of it, and that is important, and I think that will come back to doing that. But this time round, there are people working on this show that want to maintain it as best – as they can. So I just think it's important for you to know that they will try and do that as, you know, to uphold some integrity of that brand because at the end of the day, they want the viewers to be involved. They, they appreciate the viewership. So I can imagine that maybe live tweeting is going to happen or there's going to be something that happens. There's a mechanic that will allow not us. The same. It's not going to be the same, Rob. I think it's maybe going to be a case-by-case case basis. I certainly agree with Big Brother. The element and the the style of that show certainly is better live. I'm just, you know, a bit unsure about I'm a Celebrity. I don't think pre-recording it um, and and allowing it to go there in January pre-recorded it would make a big difference, you know, for my well, viewing. Well, except that show. for the fact that if someone's being a dick on the show, audiences would pick that person to do the challenges and that's the element you're going to miss the out on. The nature of social media uh, campaigning actually, by, you know, the person on the show's friends or family yeah. that are, you know, vote for them so they get more effectively more screen time or, or whatever so that people get to see the real them. Sure. And, and the, the other thing, Aaron, I would say is that I think with Big Brother it's actually less of an impact because um, – it, it, who cares who's doing the challenges? They're all doing the challenges. But with I'm a Celebrity, viewers were choosing who actually does the challenge. And that, to me, was an important part of the process because viewers were sometimes punishing people who weren't giving their all. Mm. But I also think that this is not the first season. I think it's the sixth or the seventh. Don't um, Please come for me, trolls. Yeah. Um, but essentially the people that are building this show do have a good sense of who delivers good talent for challenges and I think that probably is going to affect it overall. But, you know, I, I think that there's a really good opportunity for them to make a fantastic show. Big Brother had a really good opportunity to make a fantastic show and I think that they absolutely did everything they could to deliver that to their audiences. Why oh. are they not doing it live out of northern New South Wales? I actually don't know. Uh, to me, there's no reason, but uh, there's some people who have said there's a fear that if something more happened with COVID, they don't want to be shut down. There is a there is a risk sure. when you're doing live about shutdowns and you lose your production, Ben. They can't really do that because for that exact same reason, crews these days, I mean, the Batman being shot overseas in Europe at the moment has been shut down four times. Uh, Jurassic, with its latest Dominion, has been shut down. I think it's up to its fifth time. And the reality is, is television networks don't have the money to cope with having crew bring in and out, you know, the coronavirus. You know, it's just a liability. So how are they filming it so now? 
Well, this is the thing. If they do have to shut it down and have breaks, a uh, seven-day break, etc. Yep. You know, and just remember, Mulk, with Big Brother, one of the crew members was possibly suspected yeah, to have yeah, coronavirus yeah. and that show was shut down and they did have the leniency of doing that. I personally, we with that experience... the Mask Singer, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean... I, I think this is the only way. This is the only way in 2020 yeah, slash 2021 bubble. that we can do this. Yeah. Fair enough. I think that's a very good point. Well, look, TV icon Denise Drysdale has suffered a terrible fall while filming Channel 7's new game show, Holy Moly. The star was shooting a segment where she was hooked up to electrodes. The electrodes are turned on when the golfer misses the putt. But the electrodes didn't cause the fall that put Drysdale in hospital. TV Black Box can reveal Ding Dong was playing up to the crowd and performing her infamous chicken dance on a flat part of the course. Her back was injured in several places. The majority of contestants are ordinary Australians, but celebrities are brought in for a whole, for some light relief. Sarah, there's been some backlash from people saying she shouldn't have had electrodes attached to her due to her age. But the fact is the stunt was nothing to do with this. Are, simple, are people simply looking for outrage? I mean, you're attaching electrodes to an old lady. I mean, as long as she doesn't have a pacemaker. But this didn't cause the fall. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't. But, you know, it, you're still torturing an old older you know, she signed up. She knew exactly what she was in for. And Denise Drysdale is always up for a laugh. And the idea of her getting electric shocks, if she didn't want to do it, let me tell you, I've worked with that lady. If she doesn't want to do something, she won't do it. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe, but are we absolutely sure she didn't get electroded and that, like, you know, pushed her over a little bit? Yes. I can tell you all my sources are saying that she was, there was a, uh, you know, there's there's lots of breaks in the filming. While on air, it will look... And, and I was actually, weirdly, I was there that night that she had the fall, but I had left by then because she that fall happened at about 3 a.m. in the Insane. morning. I left at 9.30. I can't believe I was there on the same night. And, um, and, and the production is there's a lot of stop-starting with the way it goes because cameras are being moved and uh, things are being put into position. And the simple fact is during one of those stops, she would have probably done the part and then she was about to get the shock and then she's done a dance for the crowd to keep them entertained. That's what Denise does. But she's a national treasure and if you hurt her on television, there's going to be backlash. Now, here's the question though, Mulk. Should Channel 7 show it? Look, I I think it would go against the nature of the show. Oh, See, I think they have to show it. Why? I absolutely think. Oh, no. Because it's show leads... it in news, le- like no, leading no, 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 up no. to it. But it it's should not. absolutely be shown on the show. And the promo is the moment that put Denise Drysdale in hospital. Yeah. That is a million plus you rating. You are courting danger with that, my friend. It's, it's the nature and I think of it's Molly. mainly you that wants that. You're sick of All we need to do is no, have a I love Denise. Don't you dare, Ben. No, I no, no, no. You, don't you dare. Small, don't do that. Small part of you that wants to watch Denise get electrocuted no, and no, thrown no. off a I ride. Loved, I genuinely love Denise. Denise and I have made our peace. We've had lots of phone calls. We are, yeah, yeah, Denise kissy, and I kissy, are all kissy, good. It's all great. Um, the, I, I think that the nature of Holy Moly is a fun, um, you know, kind of lighthearted, absolutely people get hurt kind of show. However, it's not the celebrities getting hurt, and that's why I think it would go against the nature of it happening, or, or you know, why they would want to show it. I don't think it. it you don't. It, that you don't have a holy moly promo that says check it out tonight, the night that nearly killed Denise Drysdale. Touchwood. No, no, no. It didn't nearly kill her. No, no, no. You know, like hospitalized, rushed to hospital. What? 
I I just feel it's a cheat to the audience if we don't show it. Aaron, she what do you broke think? her. No, she broke her shoulder. Sorry, Aaron. It's you go. No, I just I, I guess it just depends on the nature of the fall. If it's an Australia's Funniest Home Video type fall and she's having a laugh and getting back up, that might no, be no, the nature no, it's of the serious. show. She if she's actually fallen over and there's paramedics running there and all sorts of stuff, I, I don't think it would fit into that to the nature of that show. It, it would it would be pretty awful. Well, I've got to tell you, I would show it. I just think it comes down to Denise herself. I think, you know, knowing yeah, Denise to the level yeah. I do, I think if she chooses to think that that's okay, once she gets time to heal and see that footage and then decide, I mean, as you said through most of the intro of this, Denise is living and has done her whole life for her audiences. She loves to make people happy. We've seen her do some, like, hey, hey, it's Saturday, IMT. We've seen this woman it's do the most does. outrageous situations yeah. and she is yeah. the face of the ever everyday person and she does that yep. beautifully so look it's going to come down to her but i will say i i just hope she gets a speeding recovery and we get to see more denise because i think that she is a fantastic talent i think she's i am a genuine fan the only difference between denise and the rest of us is usually when we're doing the chicken dance and fall over we're drunk so you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right australian businessman mark burris has been fired and replaced by his uk counterpart lord alan sugar in the new series of Celebrity Apprentice Australia. And now Channel 9 has confirmed the cast list first revealed by TV Black Box. Fashion designer and entrepreneur Lorna Jane Clarkson plus Boost Juice pioneer and investor Janine Alice will act as Lord Sugar's right hands throughout the series. ARIA award-winning pop duo The Veronicas will be the contestants along with English comedian and actor Ross Noble. Judge on the block, interior designer and writer Shana Blaze. Winner of Australian Survivor All-Stars and international model, David Nett. Star of Married at First Sight and social media influencer, Martha Kalafatidis. Writer, comedian and star of Here Come the Habibs, Rob Shihardi. Iconic fashion designer and artist, Camilla Franks. ARIA award-winning artist, Anthony Kalia. Professional surfer and Instagram star, Alex Hayes. Celebrity personal trainer, author and TV personality, Michelle Bridges. And Whipper from Nova FM's Fitzy and Whipper. And the most successful woman in Australian ninja warrior history, Olivia Vivian. Aaron, I can't say that these are the biggest names on the planet, but I actually think they might make great content. What are your first reactions? Well, it, it seems to me like it's like the American one with all these B-list celebrities. I mean, I have no idea who Bob Shahadi is. I know who the hot one is from Survivor, but and and the other and the other one is that Alex Hayes. And before we came on on for the podcast, I thought I'd have two minutes to find out who he is. So that turned into fifteen minutes. That's what I'll say about that. Oh, I think they can pick people with um, really big <laughs> social media. Yep. followings because they're hoping that that will bring one of them is an instagram uh person so i think they're trying to get influencer followers role. that way influencer, the professional yes. term is influencer <laughs> yeah influencer <laughs> Are they actually influencing anyone? I don't know. Not in this show. Look, congratulations, first of all, Rob, because uh, you delivered this as a, an exclusive on TV Black Box, though I can't really say exclusive. I do have to say it's more of an exclusive because you missed two of the characters. Thank you very oh, much. Do um, you, know, you know what, though? We had uh, a great fan of the podcast contact mm-hmm. us and say he had pieced together the yes. cast list, and I was mm-hmm. a bit dubious, but then I started researching and we started reaching out, we started investigating, and he was right on the money. Ollie is his, is his name, and it was amazing because he actually figured it out by following their social media accounts and where they were. They were all in Sydney. Yes. They were all following each other, and he mm. got the list correct. 
Yeah, and full credit to yeah. him. And it, it, it was nothing more than a word, bit of wordplay, Rob. So I wasn't criticising. No, it's um, all right. I, I think it is missing one very big name. Uh, one member of the podcast should be on that list, but here we are nonetheless. Um, I, I think oh, that yeah. it will be a fun series to watch. I think especially with Lord Alan Sugar to have um, Lorna Jane and Janine as his uh, judges and, and advisors, that will make it really fun. I expect that we will see lots of these people get all of the claims about, oh, celebrity barrels scraping very thin. I mean, sure, but people are still going to watch it. So Julie Bishop is also a part of the series ah, and cool. she will be a, a mentor Great. to Sugar, which I think is fantastic casting. Yeah, I'm still surprised as to why it hasn't been revealed yet. So uh, they're holding that one back. But the way in which I believe Channel 9 is, is touting it is that she will be his right-hand woman. Uh, so it'll be something that's going to be revealed a little bit down the track. What are Lorna so, Jane and Janine then? Like his go-to, um, go-to be advisors. Um, no, they're minions. Oh, <laughs> so they turn, up, they turn up at the, the celebrity challenges and run the teams and come back and report and then it's Julie and Lord Allen telling them to get fired. You know, Malk, I really would love to give you the more cl- the more clarity, but, sure. you know, I'm being very vague because I don't necessarily know exactly how Julie Bishop's going to feature in it, but she has been signed. She will be a part of the show. Great. It is believed that she will be the right-hand woman. I'm not sure uh, any I- clarity would help, but that's great. Thanks, <laughs> Weren't we talking a year ago about, like, they were trying to package Julie Bishop for a whole TV career? After yeah, that's she not going to happen. She, she, uh, I think it will. It won't happen. She's... Julie Bishop is great talent. She's a bit player. She will never be a TV star. There you go. Well, I don't think you're right with that. I think, you know, you've obviously you're always had way right more than just a few tilts. Then. Oh. <laughs> Look, there needs to be no opportunities for that pun to ever come out, ever. If you'd like to stick around at the end of this podcast and buy a It's All Right McKnight t-shirt, <laughs> you can do so. I'm running God. for PM. Uh, You'll be right with McKnight. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I actually want to say something about Julie Bishop because I really like her Ooh, and sure. I haven't always agreed with her politics, um, but I do think that she has an important role to play in television moving forward, yes. and that is having intelligent, smart women uh, be able to be on platforms and share their information, share their wealth of knowledge. Sure, I think she's, she's a, guest a wonderful person. Player, she is not a star. Well, I mean, I'm not suggesting she's going to host her own TV show, but I think that she will make a lot of more appearances from now on. If you want people to watch television, we're going to have to incite people to be drawn to television again. There needs to be some more magic, some, you know, you want to look up to these people. And I the think. The Liberal Party didn't even want her as the leader of their party. Why do Australian? Why do you think Australians are going to want to watch her? You know, like there's oh. some. There's de- no, no, there's definitely some kitsch value in her being part of um, Celebrity Apprentice, but she's not the star of a show. I'm sorry, she's just really not. She really hasn't been given an opportunity to... She hasn't been given that opportunity, Rob, I think, for us to see a little bit further than just the politician that she is in a nice power suit. Sure. I think we will get to see a little bit more of that. I think it's a little bit too early to be cutting down her credibility as a TV personality. I do think she has a place, and I think we'll find out whether or not I'm I'm right when this show goes to air. But, like, just like Sam Dastiari moved over to, to TV after politics and yes. I think he does an excellent job, I think that Julie Bishop will be just as fabulous. On a side note, when, I was going to ask, with a side note on the show, was the viewers really demanding this show back? When it was on air in 2015, the, the, <laughs> the ratings were under 600,000 and that was 
Oh. That was in 2015. Uh, do you know what, though? Mark Boris was boring. Boring. Alan Sugar actually has some great personality. I can't wait to see. I'm excited to see him. And, you know, someone said to me today, and it might have been you, Ben, that, uh, no, not you, Robbo, sorry, who said to me, it's not the biggest cast you can imagine. And I thought, yeah, you're right, but it's an interesting cast. And I actually mm. am excited to see the personality of these people come out. Mark? I agree uh, with Aaron that, it look, last time it aired, it didn't light up too much. Uh, and I also agree with you, Rob, that in part that was because, you know, our, our, the, the guy that was doing hiring and firing... Mm, not very interesting. Mm. I, I think that we have to put everything, and we are in the thick of upfronts too right now, so we have to take this into account, that everything that gets called, that gets made, that gets claimed, that is even being made right now, is coming out of a COVID bubble. This is uh, a reasonably easy show, I, and please don't misunderstand that. It is an easy show for Nine to put together because they can film it in and around Sydney. They can keep COVID regulations and make all of that stuff happen and get it in the can and drop it whenever they need to next year. There is no time sensitivity around it. Um, as opposed to 10 doing I'm a Celebrity, which we know has to drop, you know, in January because that's yeah. where we're expecting it. But so the coronavirus really does impact the fact that it's coming back because it was something that they could do because the, the cupboard in America is just as bare. It's true. Well, I can confirm that these shows have not been given schedules as of yet, but one thing is for sure, Celebrity, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, will be up against The Cricket in January. Uh, uh, Celebrity Apprentice has not been given a schedule. Tennis. And based on what happens once they finish filming both Holy Moly and Big Brother, we'll then find out which one Channel 7 wants to lead with. They are going to wait to see which show turns in the best content and that's what they will lead with. They've also so got to squeeze the, the Olympics in. I've got to tell you, holy moly, I got to spend some time on the set and in the control room and I laughed and laughed. Rob Riggle was hilarious giving his live commentary to what was going on. I'm there glad that some, he's doing it live. That's he, He's absolutely doing it live with Shervo and it was hilarious. Like, seriously, it was really, really funny and I got a sense of the show and I was like, I'm in, I'm invested. Because if any part of the show could be pre-recorded, it would be the commentary, right? That Correct, doesn't but have they to haven't happen. done that. The but commentary doing it live is so absolutely live. I got to see a girlfriend of mine was asked to do the show and so she wanted to know what it was going to be like. So I went to her place and we watched some content from the American one. And for people that are listening to this podcast who aren't familiar with Holly Molly, it has all the greatness of It's the Knockout. Yeah. It's not like Ninja Warrior. So whilst Ninja Warrior is a family-friendly show, it's not as formulated as that. It is a little bit more hilarious and the challenges are ridiculous. Mm. So I actually think that this is going to be a hole-in-one for them. I um, think that um. also from what early reports that have been coming out is the chemistry between Kruger and the boys hosting the show is also meant to be very Absolutely. good. So Do not forget that Seven have to squeeze, at this point, the Olympics into next year as well. Well, good for them. That's a, well, no, that's no, a good just, problem saying... to have. No, that's a great problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, all eyes have been on whether Mariah Carey will be on Channel 7's version of The Voice next year. Sources tell TV Blackbox two of the judging panel have been locked in already. Tones and I will be filling one of those chairs alongside Ricky Lee Coulter, according to our sources. Coulter was due to host Australia's Got Talent this year with Sonia Kruger as a judge. The show was put on hiatus due to COVID-19, but insiders tell us the network has canned plans 
which is why Coulter has been moved across to The Voice. The move will see her swap roles with Kruger, who has already been announced as host. Ben, I quite like the idea of these two. What are your thoughts? I love Ricky Lee Coulter. She's a wonderful person. She's a great singer. My only concern when it comes to Ricky Lee and Tones and I is it kind of makes me, oh, God, everyone's going to come for me. It kind of makes me feel like that time I had to go shopping with less money and I went home brand. Is Tones like, and I one person or two? And one person. It's, the name. it's one person. Yeah. And do you know what, though? I have to tell you from buying home brand that sometimes it's still delicious. So, look, the jury's out as to whether buying home brand is good or bad. So I just am going to hope that it's good. But I guess with The Voice we have come to know that they are pie-in-the-sky names that they've been able to lock in for Channel 9. So whether or not The Voice is going to create that same sort of star power with those two in the chair, I'm not necessarily sure. I will tell you one thing, and that is that I've never, ever seen Ricky Lee Coulter deliver less than a 10 when I've seen her live, and I've seen her live lots of times, and I think she's a fantastic entertainer. I think this is an amazing opportunity for Australia to actually showcase Australian talent because every year that we have one of these shows, they always bring in three quarters of the judging panel are foreigners, and I'm like, does Australia not have any fucking talent? And why can't we No, no, we do. Guy Sebastian, Delta Goodrum. (laughs) Okay. And I don't think those two are coming back to the show. I'm sure that there are more people than that and there are probably yes. plenty of Australian talent who would Absolutely kill for are. the opportunity, you know, like maybe cough some COVID on someone in able <laughs> to be able to get a bit on a show. And I think it's All right. fantastic okay. that this is what's forcing Australia to actually finally use Australian talent. Finally. I'm with Ben times two, exactly what he said. It just feels a little bit home brand. I'm feeling, honestly, I'm feeling really, really old. I had no idea who Tones and I is at all. But apparently even with young people that I asked, it's it's a one-hit wonder thing. It's not a huge, massive young person's thing anyway from from what I understand. It It just feels home brand as well. I agree, Ben. Can I quickly also just say that for years, no. for years I've been waiting for this. Thanks, Bolt, because I knew your answer was going to be that. I'll keep going. Um, I have always wanted for them to have brought back Australian Idol and I would say instead of them doing The Voice, wouldn't it have been better for Channel 7 to bring Australian Idol back and they could have had Farnsey and Barnsey in the chair oh, and they could have brought Mark yes. Holden back for some yes. touchdowns. And I just, I just feel like that would have been a bigger hit for Seven than trying to take across the voice. Listen, old people, this is the problem with television today. Everybody wants nostalgic brands, names and faces on TV, and it's only old people watching television, which is why young people are turning off in droves and going to the streaming services and why commercial television is in the shit it's in. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to clap back at that. people are watching it anyway, you may as well just make it for the old people. All the Tapering, young kids are tapering, you're all dying, you're all dying, you're all dying, done. Hey, look, let's move on. And <laughs> let's take a look at the ratings for week 41. Thanks to Kevin Perry at TV Black Box. It was a week when broadcasters again struggled to find worthwhile content to fill their broadcast schedules. Ten had another shocker. Pure and simple. While seven also fell short with only two AFL matches Mm, in the schedule. Fancy that. Here's the key data, thanks to Kevin. Nine was the number one primary channel with a 20.5% share. Nine was also the number one network with a 29.4% share. Nine also won the key demos in 25 to 54s and 16 to 39s. Ten managed to get its primary channel share back above 10%. 
but only just. Seven Mate was the number one multi-channel, boosted by AFL in three states. According to Kevin's report, the new season of The Bachelorette premiered to its lowest yeah, launch figure like ever behind Ali's 2018 season with a Wednesday audience of 785,000 viewers nationally. That's 628,000 Metro. Oops. Most concerning for 10 would be the decline in younger demos with the target 16 to 39's audience declining 23% compared with last year. Outside of the AFL, it was a very ordinary week on 7 with the network just filling time until SAS Australia is ready to hit our screens. Nine schedule yep. continues to be built around the block, featuring a bit of drama and plenty of product placement. It's yep. really the perfect formula for modern free-to-air TV. Malk, what do you think the rest of the year is going to look like? Will networks have enough content? After COVID nineteen uh, shutdowns, oh. and look, I think they have managed to round the wagons and make sure that they do have enough to get them through the year. Um, some of which they have told us about, and some of which we don't know yet. Um, definitely, what we face in uh, the next sort of eight to ten weeks is that there is before footy finals and after footy finals. Um, once the AFL and NRL grand final happens in a couple of weekends' time. It is game off for seven. They really need SAS Australia to fire, and I mean massively, and it's only running two nights a week. Um, so they're in an interesting proposition if they think that their news and that are going to hold their schedule up. And nine have three State of Origin games to run, which are usually three of the top five or six shows every year. Um, so from a, a ratings perspective, it is going to be all hands to the wind for seven and probably nine wanting to make sure that they bring home um, this ship at full sail. Um, it is an interesting situation for 10 because they desperately needed the Bachelorette to do better than it has, and it has not mm. done well. I'm saying Bachelorette that out. Oh, well, look, and, and like I said last week, the whole fact that it is this sort of, you know, veiled kind of, you know, lesbian wedding situation that they're putting <laughs> forward, which it's not, but the way they're selling it and, and, and all of that, it, it's not, no one's interested. No one yeah. is interested in, because let's be fair, hypothetically, what happens if both of the girls fall in love with the same dude? Now you have, you have me interested. Now you've got a story. But guess what? The producers are not going to allow to happen. But they could, and that would be great television. Let's could. just hope that and that happens. What? They didn't. We won't see it. No. You know, I watched the launch night. I did watch it a couple of days later on the catch-up, mm -hmm. and I said that I wouldn't because I was really lacklustre about it. I watched the show, and I just was like, come on. with Like, I get that it's the tried-and-tested tried format, but I just felt like it felt so photocopied at every single moment, and it doesn't feel modern anymore. It feels like we've, like gone back in time with Marty McFly and are watching a show from 20 years ago. I'm like, give these people some phones so they could bitch about each other. Bring it into the modern day. Like, show us an element that we haven't seen before. I don't know whether or not any of you took the time to watch the launch of the new series. The girls are lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my girlfriends What's who perfect? can't hold back said to me, you know, that boring people, no, average people shouldn't be on television. I was like, ha, ha, ha. But no, you can't result it down to these girls. It's not about the choice or the casting the of the girls, girls or the stunt. They're fantastic. You know, great. Bring it on. But girls, change. Sorry, the ladies. The ladies are lovely. 
Oh, no, you say girls because it makes – and you say that to older people. Anyway, it's a different it's, story. Anyway, not a good thing. Uh, look, I think at the end of the day it comes down to some very boring choices by producers on how that content is being given to us. You can still do that show. It's still got a place. It's still got an audience. But try something I, different. I appreciate I'm crossing the streams on this McFly. Um, we, we need to probably <laughs> just throw in that Junior MasterChef kicked off last night and it's so good. It is such a great show. It did not set the world on fire. 524, 5 City Metro is not a great number for that to kick off up against the block, which did over a million. I'm surprised by that, Mark, because Channel 7 haven't got anything on at the moment. So why is Master Junior MasterChef doing so poorly? Because the block is doing gangbusters. Channel 7 ran a, a cruising kind of COVID doco that did 650. It's weird. I, I just find that weird. I would have thought Junior MasterChef would have got some of the magic rubbed off on it from MasterChef, you know, which... The challenge is going to be next week when SAS Australia and Junior MasterChef are up against the block on Sunday night and, mate, it'll be it'll be orbits are off. Did they do, like, the US version where they uh, hired a kid actor who did a terrible meal so that he was the first one to get booted off? No, did that happen? Did not hear that. What? Yes. So we were watching the US version and there was a kid on there that made a terrible meal because you know how no kid wants to be the first one booted off? No. And they had obviously hired an actor and then it was like we were watching an Adam Sandler movie the week later. Oh, no. Like, that's the kid. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I actually respect that because that's that's looking after the other kids. No one wants to be first. But, But he did. He did. He purposely made something terribly awful so he would get they they obviously planned he was the one that was going to get booted first no it was it he was, made something like most adults would call yeah no it was it was like chili mac and cheese or something but it was terrible and he was really hamming it up about how like you know it, but it was obvious that they'd done it just so that they could get rid of him first so that no kid felt like they were the first one well you've broken my heart because i thought reality tv was real all right now <laughs> it's time for oh, hatches and dispatches with sarah Thanks, Rob. SBS has announced the appointment of Donna Chang as development executive, scripted, working across SBS's slate of distinctive and critically acclaimed original drama series. <laughs> Former Fairfax Media Chief Executive Greg Highwood has been named chairman of Free TV. He replaces Harold Mitchell, who stood down in 2018. <laughs> In what would be an Australian first, Teen Mum Australia will simulcast on MTV and Ten Shake at the same time. Season 2 premieres Tuesday, 27th of October at 8.30pm. Channel 10 has pulled Family Feud from the schedule with three episodes left in the can. The new set of primetime specials were designed to showcase, support and highlight Aussie heroes in our community during the pandemic crisis. However, sub 300k viewers in metropolitan ratings have led 10 to yank the show in favour of special event programming. And former Nine cameraman Steve Russell, who worked in news for 36 years, has died, age 57. As TV Tonight reports, he lost his battle with cancer, with ill health forcing him to leave GTV9 in March. He started as a camera assistant in 1984 before becoming a cameraman. In later years, he moved into the Lynx department. And that is a sad note to end this week's Touches and Dispatches. Yeah, a, a very sad note, and I know there's a lot of people in the industry, Sarah, who are very sad about the passing there. So um, thinking of everyone who's thinking of their friend and colleague. 
All right, we'll move on. And coming up in the TV Black Box, we are going to discuss whether it is okay or not for Channel 9 to have paid for Pauline Hanson and her advisor to go to Uluru for that stunt right before it was closed off to the public. And we will be opening the TV Black Vault to find out all the latest goss in what is happening in the TV world. TV Black Box, we'll be right back. It's the most talked about TV show that's not on TV. And I think you guys are amazing. With raw, honest opinions. This was not a mistake. This was a lie. Exclusive stories. Some industry insiders have been talking about this. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? And plenty of famous faces. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) The Ben Robin Robbo Show is the new way to stream your news. This is the stuff that headlines are made of. Live every Monday to Thursday. Thursday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's Well, there's been outrage this week over the fact Pauline Hansen has declared that Channel 9 paid for her to fly to Uluru to film a controversial A Current Affair special in which she scaled Uluru before the activity was banned. The Guardian reports in an update to the Senator's Register of Interest that month, Hanson declared that she had received flights time two and two nights accommodation times two provided by Nine Entertainment Co Party Limited for visit to Uluru from 1922 August. The Claxon, which first reported the disclosure, said Hanson's Chief of Staff, James Ashby, had confirmed he accompanied her on the trip. A current affair host, Tracy Grimshaw, said the program did not pay Senator Hanson and the visit was not our idea. So this is the big question. Is there anything wrong with Channel 9 covering these costs? Aaron? Uh, it's just the hypocrisy of the whole thing of nine to dump Pauline Hanson over her views in early July this year, and then take the high, you know, they take the high road and then pay someone, whether it's directly or indirectly, um, that already has. This to- was a year ago. Yeah, I know, but back then she had div- divisive views. She, they, they're paying her for all of this kind of stuff. They wanted her to do that. They wanted to get the ratings and all that. And then a year later, oh, by the way, your views are, um, you know, quite Because offen- that was the point go. where they felt she had crossed a line. What's the what's the problem with having yeah, a line? They can have a line, but they... But you're paying someone she, she to cross was, the line, right? Like you're, you're egging them on to do that. Yeah, that's that was the point. It's the actually egging her on back then. You're actually paying her. They're actually trying to make ratings out of her. Whereas, she wasn't you know, you were saying the baseline indirectly. As, no, no, no. Her flights were covered. Her flights is, uh, you know, I just don't see the big, I've got to be honest, I don't see the big deal here. She she wanted to do this stunt. She approached Nine. Nine went, yeah, that's a good story for us, as you would. Sure. It was a great story. They got national attention. And so they bought some flights to Uluru and put her up in accommodation. What's the big deal, Mark? 
Well, I, I think as much as anything, I, th I think the the concern that's coming from some people is that the perception, and I will say it's a false one, that Nine paid Ms. Hansen to do this. Now, it's no secret that I do not agree with Pauline Hansen and her views mm, almost 100%. Um, I was not outraged, but I was certainly, you know, I, it wasn't a great story when it happened, you know, and, and she didn't even make it all the way up Uluru anyway. Cause remember well, it, it just made her look the, foolish, didn't 100% it? 100% did. Part of it, the whole stunt was her climbing Uluru for the last time before it gets closed, right? That was part of the thing, and she didn't make it all the way mm -hmm. up. She couldn't get there uh, because shoe problems, I don't know, the wardrobe malfunction. Um, it's tall, isn't it? It's big. It's interesting, right? Because people jumping up and down say, oh, but Channel 9 paid for, and I don't get the math just by the way, 19 to 22 August by my math is three nights and they only paid for two nights. So I don't know where her and James Aspie stayed. You're there for three days, but you stay for two nights. 19, 20, 21, and you leave on the 22nd. That's still three nights. Anyway, yeah. um, the, the difficulty is this. Would people have preferred that we paid for it? As in the yeah, taxpayer. Yeah, because otherwise the taxpayer would have been paying for her to trip, right? That's exactly right. If if Miss Hanson James Aspie, because she is a sitting senator, could use her travel allowance to have flown there, didn't, nine paid for it. I think that in itself speaks a little bit to the nature of the story and, and what went on. Um, I, my, my primary concern about it was who she had the conversation with when referring to the traditional owners that she apparently sought approval to be able to climb it. There's some suggestion that the group that she was speaking with aren't actually the traditional owners, but that's, um, you know, a, a bigger and deeper conversation. I have no issue with a television program Paying a politician, paying for a politician to go to a place where they don't live, to do a story. If that politician has something to, um, either a bone to pick, uh, 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 you know, a reason to be there to want to uh, highlight or publicise or do whatever, um, to bring awareness. As, lo that's, as long as, as Miss Hanson has done, they uh, make it clear in their pecuniary interests register that the TV network paid for that for her as they did. I don't think there's anything, again, with covering the cost. That is not an issue. Cover the cost. She is really... We, we all know what her opinions are like. She's divisive. They actually egged her on to create car crash television ratings and all that kind of stuff while pushing her to do that. And I just think it's so outrageous to then dump her a year later and then say, you know, because no, of not. your views. No, 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 no. I, I, they were egging her on a year ago. Come on. Yeah, but, the, but there's a limit. There's a point where you go, actually, we don't agree with what she's saying. We don't like, she's crossed a line, she's going too far. That's okay from an editorial standpoint. Just because they paid for some flights to Uluru doesn't mean they're locked into having her on the show for the next 20 years. And separate program, just by the way. All right. Now it's time for the inside goss on what's happening in the world of TV and celebrity as we open the TV Black Vault with Ben. Alrighty, thanks, Rob. So last week, plenty of votes came in, and the one yes. that got the most amount of votes was which two shows are currently fighting over their highly experienced production crew as availability becomes a huge issue now with some serious overlap. And I can reveal that ah. is Big Brother and I'm a Celebrity. Nice. Obviously, as we know oh. through the podcast today, uh, I'm a Celebrity is now a pre-record. So. That's all right. I'm a week behind you, Ben. That's all right. That's about standard. <laughs> and a big shout-out to the ones that actually actually always write in because they are amazing and they are the, we, we the stayers. We love all three of them. We love all three of them. They come every week. 
and I love it. I, I appreciate it. Alrighty, let's move on. So this week's one, we have three, two big names, once, sorry, two big names, once one good friendship has gone absolutely pear-shaped. These girls shared a friendship which was all about sisterhood and empowering women, which now resembles more bitching and backstabbing than a daytime soap. Mm. The Veronica's. I'm still, I'm going to stick with Nicole Kidman and Naomi Watts. Okay, great. I'll take that. Number two, during a podcast this week, a famous ex-radio star was asked about his ongoing friendships with his old crew and the, and the answer was anything but pleasant, saying, thank God that I don't have to deal with mediocre, mediocrity anymore. Oh, my God. Jeepers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop making Great the noise. Genius. Number three, two massive <laughs> names just dropped their high-rating show from their Instagram bio. This has caused rumours flying that their contracts were not renewed. Expect two massive holes in a high-rating show for 2021. Oh, wow. This is a Housewives. This is Housewives. The Voice. Sure. I'm just going to keep saying Housewives from now on on everyone. Mark, that's because you know that I watch the Housewives. You think that's all I can talk about? It's Housewives. It's actually Housewives. It is. So you win a prize. You win a chicken dinner. Hooray! <laughs> And that is The Vault. Thanks, everyone, for playing. <laughs> that brings us to the end of tonight's TV Black Box. Thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate your company. Benjamin, you were here. Mog, Sarah and Aaron, you were great. Thank you. Thank you for letting oh, us be part of Drunk History Australia's spin yeah. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. For more exclusive information, go to tvblackbox.com.au. Until next week, we love yes. you. God bless. Good night. 